Welcome to the Perimenopause Power Podcast. We are Lisa and Natalie, two certified holistic health coaches passionate about helping women embrace their physiology to elevate their highest potential for confidence, health and energy. Perimenopause will be unique to you and each episode gives you the power in knowing that you can define your own journey. Let's get into today's episode. Well, hello, listeners, and welcome to another episode of Perimenopause Power. Hello, Lisa. Hello, Nash. As always, we're always grateful to come together and, in particular, interview a fabulous guest. And we welcome Alana Kazakovich with us today. Hello, Alana. Hello, ladies. How are you? We are great and we are so excited to have you join us on an episode of our podcast and I want to share who Alana is. Alana is leading Australian kinesiologist, women's well-being mentor and yoga and meditation teacher. She's an entrepreneur with a past life as a CPA accountant in the corporate world. Haven't we all got one of those (laughs) past lives? (laughs) Alana's own health journey with chronic fatigue, irregular cycles and autoimmune disease taught her that slowing down, finding moments of stillness and listening to the body's intuition are not just important, they are essential. Alana is passionate about teaching women how to optimize their energy and cyclical nature. She assists women to live more in alignment and flow by learning to structure their weeks around their energy levels and listening to their bodies. Originally from Gippsland, Australia, Alana now lives in Bayside, Melbourne. She spends her days with clients facilitating workplace workshops, teaching yoga and meditation, running retreats, writing cooking in her kitchen and spending as much time as as at the beach as she can wow beautiful you're busy yes at times I am but very slow the last couple of weeks yes (laughs) yes because excitedly you're only a few weeks away from becoming a mama yes I am which is really exciting. exciting really great and so I guess just to begin perhaps we could shed a little bit of a light on what is kinesiology yeah, so it is a modality still that a lot of people are like, oh, I've heard that word, but I'm still not potentially 100% sure what it is unless you've actually seen a kinesiologist or you have one. So kinesiology basically just taps into the blueprint of the body um, to share with you where there could be imbalances in physical, mental, emotional, spiritual health and well-being. So mm-hmm. We traditionally do that through muscle testing or muscle monitoring into your body because your body is like a blueprint that remembers every single thing that's ever happened to you, um, even ancestral. So, you know, sometimes we might inherit things like eczema or asthma or anxiety also from our parents. And that's why, because we are a blueprint and we're made up of DNA from our parents and from our grandparents and our great-grandparents, for instance. And so quite often um, when clients come to me, we're quite often clearing stress or imbalances in their mind, body, soul that's happening in their lifetime. But sometimes we're also clearing stuff that's um, sort of um, generational as well. But it's basically a way of trying to get the body back into equilibrium, into harmony, into flow, out of a stressed state response, which a lot of us quite often are living in. And your body is giving you the information as to why that might be happening on a physical, mental or emotional or spiritual level. So I work quite holistically. So I don't just look at one element of um, your health and well-being. 
Um, but in a nutshell, that's kind of what kinesiology is. So usually it is traditionally a touch-based therapy, obviously during COVID, and I had actually started prior to COVID um, working online where I would surrogate muscle test for my clients, my clients who um, have had both are blown away by how accurate it works on both levels because we are just energetic beings and everything mm. we do is energy. And so you can shift and change and find out what it is that you need to know, regardless of if I'm touching you or whether I'm, you know, across from you in a Zoom session or whether it's a phone consult. Um, mainly online is Zoom, um, but I have had some um, sort of phone consults and sometimes I do distance healing too, depending on, on the person. So in a nutshell, that's kind of kinesiology. That's um, the best explanation I've heard. I know. And yeah. so it's really hard to explain. It is, it is really hard to explain, but you've just read it wrong. Oh, yeah, okay, that's good. Yeah. yeah. No, it's great. And, you know, obviously we resonate so deeply, particularly looking at those four pillars, physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual yeah. self and health. Particularly you and I, we've met a few years ago through business in women's circles yeah. and, you know, always been in awe of the work that you do and, and your passion and, and love for the work that you do too. So, yeah, it's great. Yeah, I... Um... Feel really blessed. I mean, obviously, you spoke about me having a past life in corporate, and my healing journey was the reason why I pivoted careers was because I realized I still love numbers and accounting, and you know, there there was that passion actually never died. It's just I had to look after myself first, mm. and I found that more to be my gift and what I really wanted to do, um, rather than. Uh, sitting in corporate or you know being part of the corporate world <laughs> mm. and it just takes a few years I think too you know like we are so fixated and I guess again that's us being a byproduct of the environment that we're in and our parents around you know schooling and and going university. to university getting the degree doing the job and this is going to be your forever job and especially I think as women you know we evolve so much and we'll obviously talk a little bit more about cycles and things too but we learn so much about what brings us passion and joy that, you know, we're not afraid to, well, we might be afraid, we have the fear and do it anyway, but, you know, we just are so ingrained in the passion. And I guess for you, having gone through your own personal experience of health issues and changes in career, you know, where does your passion now come from in wanting to support other people? I suppose my passion now or kind of my why is that women don't have to go through what I went through. <laughs> and a lot of women, their passion or their gifts come from a rock bottom moment in their life and they want to just share the knowledge and the gifts and the tools with others so that they don't necessarily have to fully experience on some level what you may have gone through or to just ease that transition. And so... Um, it was interesting at, at school I always said I wanted to be a teacher like I remember I was like grade three or grade four and I always thought teacher meant you know classroom teacher because <laughs> again society puts yeah. those lovely yeah. <laughs> ideas in your head and I, yeah. I did do what you said now I did I didn't know what I wanted to do out of high school and so I picked accounting because I love numbers and I enjoyed that subject and I was like I have no idea what I want to do and as I got closer to 30 I had an inkling I wanted to do either naturopathy or um, something around, you know, I was part of the gym committee at work and I knew there was something in health for me, but, God, I was so scared 
to even allow myself the permission to look at crazy, isn't it? I so resonate with that. So resonate. Yeah. I lived in Gippsland. The major sort of um, employment down there was coal mining. You know, you're crazy to leave this industry and to let go of that, you know, security blanket of your super and all of the things. And so I was really tunneled vision by, you know, the environment and the people around me that if I left, I'd be crazy to do that. And so I'd started seeing a kinesiologist because I had a sore right ankle Um, and I was going to have to have surgery because I'd had cortisone and I've done all the physio stuff and I'd I'd done all the the Western and some of the natural stuff. But I was like, why is this foot thing not healing? And so I started seeing a kinesiologist and we started unraveling more of the mental, emotional past sort of 30 years of my life that I'd suppressed and not dealt with stuff. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and my ankle got better. <laughs> there you go. Thank you. And yeah. I was like, like that just mind-boggling to me was like how did some like just rubbing some points and talking about some past stuff and dealing with some of my beliefs and my values um yes it was also a part of nutrition and working through you know not being a people pleaser and my go-go lifestyle and all those kinds of things but I was like how did that just happen and so I started studying studying and within six months it's like my corporate world and what I was starting to learn clashed. Mm. Um, and I hit rock bottom with a week before my 30th birthday and then went on a whole healing, um, two-year healing journey, um, stopped work for, you know, almost 15 months and um, just studied and healed and grew and that's why I do what I do and that's where I got my passion from <laughs> because okay. I now want to teach women not to be scared to know that you can't change your life and that you do have choices and your health is important and really that educational piece is kind of where you know my passion and my why comes from mm, yeah so good and I think you know just what you spoke about around you know the pain in your body and you know yoga and meditation has taught me so much about just how Um, subconscious or unconscious experiences our beliefs just how they do actually manifest Mm -hmm. in the body and the result is some type of pain or some type of illness or disease that then that shows itself but it's through that that self-awareness and changing our perceptions and beliefs how that really does help support us it's it's quite incredible when you start talking about energy and you start talking about beliefs and how that shows up in physical forms in the body and that's part of you know the whispers that we always Mm. talk about as well that you know there's a reason why you're feeling what you're feeling what what is it and it's it's about delving into it so yeah I think it's it's great that you offer that that service and that work as at another level too well I mean just as an example like right side of the body is usually our masculine energy so I mean I was very you know the career I was in was very masculine dominated you know and right foot is you know around work and work was stressing me out and you know there was other things with me you know my partner at the time it was all male it was all right time mm. though I wasn't surprised when I started to learn more about you know how things can piece together in different ways um what was going on for me yeah wow so Alana we we I love everything you've said so far it's um it's beautiful uh, on your website you share that your current obsession is syncing your work 
and life in alignment with your menstrual cycle and that you want to teach other women to do the same. Can you give us some tips on how women can start to sync with their cycle? Yeah, so, I mean, there's a there's a couple of ways that women can do that. So obviously it's starting to take notice of the day you bleed and popping it somewhere because um, as you ladies would know from probably the work that in the workshops you do, a lot of women still can't even tell you how, you know, how regular their, their cycle is or what day they bleed because that is vital information uh, just there, just there. So popping it in an app or in a journal or into a calendar. Um, so that's kind of where I quite often start is just starting to be aware of when do I bleed and how regular it is because obviously a cycle can range from 25 to 35 days generally mm. as normal, not this textbook 28 days oh, yeah. <laughs> or 29 days. And that's kind of number one. And then the another one for me is I like to work a lot with knowing that every week of our cycle is has a different energy. So um, because I've been taught more of the traditional Chinese medicine background, being a kinesiologist, I quite often like to think of them as seasons as well or tying into those sort of Chinese traditional medicine sort of themes. So, you know, the week that we bleed would be like our winter cycle and, you know, we should be hibernating and we should be, you know, being kind to ourselves and resting a little bit more and then moving into spring we might be um, which is the second week of our cycle we might feel like we've got a little bit more energy and we might do different types of exercise or eat foods that might be a little bit you know different for that week and then we move into ovulation which is kind of like our fire or our summertime and you know we might be really extrovert at that time or feel like socializing or feel full of life and energy um, and then the fourth week quite often could be our autumn week or kind of like that, you know, we're losing our leaves just before we bleed. Um, and it might be a more of an internal time and, you know, again, being more reflective or allowing conversations with our families and our workplaces to be a little bit different and being a little bit more kind to self because our hormones fluctuate every week. Mm. our cycles and they change as well so education is probably really key around this I quite often also ask um, or sort of share with my clients it can sometimes also be really good to pop those seasons or weeks into your calendar journal whatever you use to organize your weeks so that when you know you've got a friend or a partner organizing a certain thing and it might be the week that you're bleeding not that we can always completely plan our cycles around or our businesses around our cycles but you might be a little bit more mindful of when you are saying yes to certain things based on what you might feel like in your cycle because I know for me personally when I you know was bleeding um, because obviously I'm not at the moment because I'm pregnant you know those couple of those day or the day or two before day or two that I'm bleeding I don't feel like doing much no (laughs) Absolutely. And you might commit to it during ovulation. You're like, yes, I can't wait to see you, you know, in two weeks' time. And then you get to the day and you're like, what did I say? Why did I say yes to that? When, like, And I think it takes practice and it takes the awareness and it takes education and it takes knowing your body. But I'd gotten really good. I've gotten really good at now really planning my life around 
knowing my energy, where my energy will be at each week and knowing how I will feel because I actually know now exactly how I will feel week to week on a general sort of monthly cycle. Um, It just gives yourself that permission to have control and agency over your life but also over your calendar. Mm, yeah. Mm, I, I, this year I, I started, I don't normally have resolutions, but this year I started off by saying I'm not going to say yes to things that I want to say no to. So you could just tweak that a little bit, couldn't you? Yeah. And, um, and you know, I'm not going to say yes until I've looked at my diary yeah. and thought do I need to say no to this, you know. So, and it's good. Or it's actually a really good thing, you know. Propose a different time. I can't yeah. do this week, but how about, you know, the week after That's because right. you know you'll be out of that red zone. Mm, exactly. That's um, such valuable information. And I remember when I learned it, I'm like, wow, where has this been all of my life? And why I am know. I only just tapping into it right now? And I, I try not to stay in that, you know, judgment phase of like, oh, you silly, crazy woman. Why did you not, you know, know about your cycles more? But, you know, I guess, again, it's all just learning. And I'm thinking, well, great. I've got some great years ahead of me to embrace this and really, you know, live and work in sync to my cycles. It's, yeah, and definitely that that social element one is a big one. And as you were talking, Lisa and I were, were like, laughing and smiling because it's so true Mm. in your summer phase you are you're raring to go you want to go and do everything and then you're like oh geez why (laughs) why did I do that I'm so tired right now (laughs) and I think it's also like I quite often um within the phases of teaching that sort of emotional component mental and emotional component because like I used to get quite anxious the week prior to bleeding at times um and I never really, I just thought I was like, there was something wrong with me. I never clashed that it happened every week, almost prior to my cycle until I started to learn this stuff. And now my anxiety doesn't get as bad as it used to because I now know why it is happening. And it's almost like I've given myself permission to be like, oh, well, it's just an emotion. I have control over my emotions. It doesn't control me. And I know why it's happening. It's the hormone shift. Yeah, 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 yeah. That 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 self awareness and that you know I'm I'm a big um, proponent for emotional intelligence and you know imagine going through school and learning about mm. emotional intelligence and girls understanding their cycle and just how impactful it is in you know living life as you want and tapping into that power. So yeah, so it's such a valuable skill. We love it and deeply yeah. resonated with it. So as you know, this podcast is typically all about perimenopause, but part of our mission is to help educate women before they come into this phase of life. And I can tell you, I get told many times, you look far too young to have gone through menopause. <laughs> like, But part of what we're trying to do is help women to understand and know their body prior to coming in because evidence shows that we can have a much smoother transition through perimenopause the more we know and you know you're you're um testament to that through your work as well and I alluded to you being pregnant and expecting your first bubba and for me when I became a mother that was a big part of the reason why I'm here today and the work that I do because of the changes that I went through the loss of identity the stress it was just phenomenal how impactful that phase of life was for me both positive and and challenging too but embraced it um but we'd love to know how did you prepare yourself and your body and your mindset for pregnancy and becoming a mother yeah so I actually started because I because of the education that I know about health 
um, we we're planning to have a um, we'll start to thinking about having a baby probably early 2020 when the pandemic hit. I was like, uh, <laughs> I might just hold off another year. <laughs> Only because there was just so many unknowns and pivotal changes that I, that I did in my business generally. But I had started doing some of more like the prep work in terms of, I mean, I already do a lot for my health and well-being I exercise regularly I meditate most days and I eat really well but just the mental prep a little bit too because Mm. the world was changing and feeling like working through some of those limiting beliefs and self-sabotages around what my life might look like adding a baby into you know my lifestyle and, and into our lives because at that point I was like who knows what the world's going to look like in a year's time Correct. and even now we still don't really know what the world's going to look like because it's forever changing but I think we've all adapted to this resilience of going with the flow a lot more than we had <laughs> back then so um pr- and even prior to that um I shared because um we're doing a beautiful podcast swap in the episode that we did on my podcast that I'd started experiencing some of those whispers as you call them of perimenopause so slightly heavier periods on times some periods maybe a little bit of pain which I don't usually get and um a little bit of night sweating so I had kind of already started to adjust certain things for that as well Um, and a lot of the things that you do for that can also obviously assist with fertility generally anyway right yeah so we actually got tests done so I had all the tests done um, six months prior to us starting and my, my partner as well, even like getting his sperm tested because a lot of women leave that they might have been trying six, 12 months and then they go and get. Yeah. And it's like he's still half of the equation. Yeah. <laughs> and yet a lot of GPs, they don't, unless you quite often start looking at an IVF specialist, they don't even Sometimes I don't even look at him. So anyway, because of That's what I know. conversation for another day. But I know. <laughs> um, because I know what I know and I've educated my lot around a lot around menstrual cycle health but also moving into fertility, we got him all done as well and he, he, he luckily was all, all good. But, yeah, I started looking at all of the hormones. I had, you know, a full blood of all my hormones done. So I kind of... Um, knew exactly where I was from a baseline and then we just started working on some things that had to be tweaked for us I actually had a really low account so my account was five so um I have an integrated good doctor and I said to her you know we're doing all the things I'm making sure that I'm nutritionally at my optimal because you know your baby gets your DNA Kind of like what I was talking about at the start. So, like, you know, if there are any health concerns or issues prior to birth, there's a higher chance, obviously, that your child may inherit some of those things. Mm-hmm. So um, I was quite iron deficient because I'd been a vegetarian for a long time. So I started eating meat again because I didn't necessarily want to fill myself full of supplements. Um, and I did actually end up bringing it up um, through uh just tweaking my diet a little bit um, and 
just having, um, just being a lot more, I suppose, mindful of what I was eating probably for those six months prior to us starting to um, conceive. But I ended up having an appointment with um, an IVF specialist because my doctor said it's probably worth you having a conversation, an initial conversation because of your age, Mm. because I'm 38 or I was 37 at the time. I'm classed as old. (laughs) (laughs) Anything over 35, you know, which again is another stigma. Yes. Because, you know, I'm actually, I actually was quite healthy apart from an iron deficiency, um, which is very common in a lot of women Mm. anyway. Um, And yeah, like the the, the stigma around that. So I did, we did have a conversation. She said, look, given the climate of everything that's going on, this was sort of like last year, she's like, go away, try for say three or four months and then come back. Well, I, I had in my mind because I work with a lot of women around fertility issues um, and, uh, and working through their sort of that, that birth transition, you know, there's a good chance that we would have to do IVF. And I was totally open to, you know, what that journey might look like. But luckily we ended up getting pregnant in that time. <laughs> Naturally. And I think it's because I'd taken that pressure off. I knew everything, like the education piece was huge because I knew what would happen if we didn't get pregnant naturally, but also what the trend, like what it would look like if it was an IVF path, where I feel like a lot of women, when they go into this decision of having children or um, trying to get pregnant, it's amazing how many clients come and see me and they have no idea what their body does, how their hormones work, you know, how long, it, you know, the, the really realistic ideal of how long pregnancy or getting pregnant can take because mm-hmm. it's it's not a one-hit wonder for most women and yet we have this expectation that it will be. Yes. <clears throat> yeah. And so I think because I had so much information and I knew so much about the whole process, it actually was quite, um, I suppose, in one sense, easy because there was no stress and there was no pressure and I was just open to whatever we were going to be given rather than having like this idealistic or you know or societal um, belief around oh well we're just going to start trying I'm going to pee on sticks and I'm going to get pregnant Mm, mm. (laughs) so um and kind of now I'm moving a little bit into that letting go of my business baby phase which is that sort of um that change of my sort of um, identity and I'm sort of working through that with my own kinesiologist at the moment because my work has been my baby now for almost it'll be five years in August that I've had my my business and it's been my life and blood and I'm so passionate about it and I know it's still going to be there you know even when this beautiful baby enters the world but it it there is that mental and emotional shift and transition that you have to go through in different phases of your life, Mm. you know, starting at when we first bleed and then moving into motherhood and then into perimenopause and menopause. Like they're all life transitions that we have to work through the physical, mental, emotional and spiritual aspects. So Mm. I know that might have been a very long-winded explanation. but That that was beautiful because, you know, there's very much that lifestyle element um, there that you've talked about and and it's the education that you've done as well. And that's where we see a lot of women don't have that education or that knowledge and at least 
you know, I love that you thought oh, I might have to do IVF, but I'm going to try this first. And I've done all these things there. And it's just more accepting for you to be able to do that. Um, so that's really lovely. Now, Alana, this podcast is all about power and finding, nurturing and using our personal power as we transition through perimenopause and beyond. What does coming into your own power mean to you and how will it define your perimenopause journey? So it's so interesting that you, you, um, you, you ladies are talking about this because it's a topic I've been, it seems to be the theme this year in my clinic, <laughs> stepping into your power and owning your power as a woman. And I feel like it's about really connecting internally to that inner essence and starting to live from that place. So knowing who you are and how you tick and how you feel and knowing what you value and not allowing anything externally to affect that internal part of yourself um, and leaning on that as much as you can to live your life rather than these our societal or external pressures and expectations. It's like the power is inside and in you. Let that be what shines your light or let that be your guide. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's... Yeah, God, I love that. And we just don't do that as women. And I, and if we do, it's almost like we're poo-pooed for doing it. You know, mm-hmm. like it's it's just something that we've it's just that, and we talked a little bit about before about going with your gut feel. Mm-hmm. It's really important that we go, okay, this is what my body's telling me. I'm just going to go with who I think I want to be and, and, you know, what I want to be. And, yeah, people can give their opinions and stuff, but we've got to be careful you know, not to be guided by that as our driving force or our guide, you know, into what we do. Um, just go with our own our own thing, you know. That's mm-hmm. really lovely. It is. And 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 do it unapologetically too. Yeah. You know, again, it's and I talk a lot about values and when you know what's important to you, that helps you to live in alignment and and you don't have to do it that impacts other people. You know, again, we're so conditioned to think that if I go and do something for myself, well, how's my family, you know, what are my kids mm-hmm. going to think of me? What's my partner going to think of me? And what's everyone else going to think of me? And how is me supporting myself going to impact, you know, other people won't be happy. There's just so much layers of beliefs and expectations that we've brought on, you know, externally, but we just accept as, as reality for us. And I just want to touch on too that, you know, there's great learning that comes from our past experiences. So, you know, adapting to puberty and and our early reproductive years. A pregnancy is such a mm-hmm. big learning that we can use when we come into perimenopause because, as you said, again, it's all about embracing the, the phases and the life stages that we go through. And then, of course, our monthly menstrual cycles, how much does that give us in terms of understanding our power But also learning from that too, you know, and reflecting, well, you know what, last menstrual cycle, I really struggled during this phase, okay? Mm. I'm not going to berate myself around how I may have treated someone or treated myself in particular. Um, I'm going to use that now as learning. And, you know, I think, again, what you highlight for your work and and your story is just the, the level of learning that you've gone through. Yeah, and I think for me it's just, you know, waking up every day and I use this a lot with clients and being like how do I feel today what is my energy today and do I actually want to do what I've 
egotistically put on my to-do list (laughs) (laughs) because it changes Mm. you know even with the phases of the cycle and you know especially as you're moving into perimenopause you're gonna wake up one day and you're gonna feel amazing and you can do everything on the to-do list regardless of where you might be in your cycle and then you're gonna wake up another day and you might be like I'm let's just park that mm, and I can so I can so relate to that yeah <laughs> you know giving ourselves the permission and I think you know like I'm using that word a lot at the moment with um, clients it just seems to be coming up in this power piece that seems to I feel like since the pandemic you know this year is all about starting uh, you know as women we're starting to really allow ourselves again to step into that into our into what our version of our power is but yeah it's just you know a simple check-in in the morning how do I feel and what do I want to do I mean Yes, we sometimes still have to go to work and see clients or, you know, run a workshop or whatever it might be, but how can I give myself that permission to maybe soften an expectation or sit with an emotion for five minutes and breathe it out if, you know, it's a bit overwhelming or can I take a couple of things off my to-do list today um, and put it back on when I do, you know, have that sort of motivation or that energy. And I think that's how I'm going to take motherhood. (laughs) Mm, yeah, love it. Good advice. Moving into perimenopause because it's about using the body, mind, and soul aspect as your compass every day, rather than you know these societal you know or outside expectations mm-hmm. and pressures that we've kind of grown up as being you know more important than what mm. our insides are telling mm-hmm. us. Mm, it is it's it's owning who you are but then also coming back to do you know what this is how I want to show up to my kids this is the type of woman I want to be for my partner this is the type of woman I want to be for my friends and work colleagues and it's and it's owning that and that helps you to also say well for me to show up as the mother I want to be this is what I need to do for myself because and, and that was a big awakening for me after I had my daughter and was back at work And I thought, you know what, I'm coming home and I'm giving my family the worst of me because I'm so exhausted. I'm not energized. I've just been at work that's energy draining, not energy boosting. I'm stressed. I'm juggling. I'm overwhelmed. I wasn't present. Mm -hmm. And I thought, "This this isn't the type of mother that I chose to want to be and so you know it's it's say it's actually recognizing that and saying no you know what I'm I'm changing that because yeah I I want the memory and the the opportunity to be who I want to be unapologetically yeah 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 I love that so if you could give one piece of advice to our listeners about shifting their energy through perimenopause and you may have touched on this already but (laughs) what what would you love to share with them I think it would be have that check-in like give yourself permission to really listen to your body um, mm. and make choices based on how you're feeling every day rather than, you know, feeling like you have to or should do certain things. Um, and as I said, idealistically, we could go with the flow a lot more than, 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 you know, some of us can because we still have structure and we still have kids and we still have work. But you can find softness and flow and ease within structure. So it's allowing yourself the permission to do that as much as you can and, you know, making sure you're putting yourself first. And that's kind of what the checking is about is 
what do I need today in order to thrive as a mother or, you know, as a colleague or as a partner um, in life. So that's kind of would be my, my one piece of advice. Mm, so beautifully said and yeah. speaking to my heart. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But so, something so simple and something you could do when you wake up and lie in bed, yeah. right? Just do it literally like hurts no one, no one knows about it. And you're just having that mental, intentional checking with yourself. And then that just sets the the scene okay. of your day. And you know what you said it you you're being on to that. It's about that simple. And I think we tend just the busy lives that we lead. We tend to complicate everything, you know, um, instead of just just taking it easy and just taking it for what it is. We, you know, it's like, um, uh, you know, ingredients in a recipe, for instance. I'll bring it back to food. But, you know, instead of doing this recipe that's got 100 ingredients, think, oh, so exhausting, but I'll do it anyway. Just a few ingredients can still make it really lovely and pleasurable as well. So, yeah, that simplicity is really important. Mm. And just to digress, I just wanted to share something from last <laughs> night. So usually on a Sunday, and you might be the same, Alani, you sort of batch cook or, you know, yeah. prep some meals for the week. And yeah. like I like to make health snacks, you know, for lunch boxes and also for my husband and I. And Sunday I couldn't be bothered and I did a meal. But then last night I had energy, mm, you know, my daughter was at yeah. soccer. I had an hour free and I thought, great, I'm going to make some of these muffins that she likes and these nut bar things. And, you know, and I said that to my husband, I'm like, no more pressure on a Sunday because, you know, it's just not working for me. I'm just going to be with my energy and it just changes. It just changes your whole outlook on actually doing the work too. So, yeah, just a little. So know that well. I agree. (laughs) I agree with you. Well, I was booked in for a yoga class last night and I was, I had a lot of energy on Monday when I booked it. And then I got to yesterday, like five o'clock and I was like, I'm not going anywhere. And like, (laughs) It was a yin yoga class. It's not like I would have even had to have done anything, but I was like, I can't do that tonight. Yeah. And so I didn't go. Yeah, yeah. And you know what? And that's totally fine. I think we, you know, we beat ourselves up for, yeah. oh, you've committed to it. You've got to do yeah, it. got to go. You know, mm-hmm. that's it. So, no. yeah. Such a beautiful note to end on. And yeah. Such worthwhile um, information as well. So where can our listeners connect with you? Yeah, so my website is alanak.com.au. Um, Instagram and Facebook is alanak.kinesiology. I have a podcast as well called The Energy Shift where you will find these lovely ladies. <laughs> uh, we did an episode today as well. And you can also find me on LinkedIn, but they're the main places. Beautiful. Beautiful. We'll be sure to add all of that to the show links and, uh, sorry, the show notes. And uh, great. Thank you so much, Alana, for having, for being on our podcast. Thank you so much. Thanks, Alana. Thanks again for sharing your time with us, learning how you can be your best energetic self, no matter what life stage you are going through. Be sure to contact us if any of this content resonates with you. And don't forget to subscribe to our podcast so you don't miss out on any of our future episodes. See you next time.